92.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. No, you ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly As soon as it drops We're on a rampage Bottles popping up Before you know where There's rubble enough Cause we'll be pushing it up Somebody say You Everybody, happy Thursday! Yeah, much Radio show. Uh, uh, well, we got we got Chris here at ten o'clock as we as we typically do on the last Chris <laughs> about some of the stuff that happened about around the John Morant story uh, later in the day, but some other things to talk uh, to Chris about as well. John Hollinger, uh, Chris's predictions were out yesterday, and I hope from the tumult of everything that was happening. You all didn't miss those. In fact, you should go to the Daily Memphian and read his piece on his predictions uh, for the league. Uh, But then John Hollinger, um, he put up his predictions um, over at The Athletic, uh, which is where uh, he writes now. And um, he did have, for one of the the national awards, the league-wide awards at the end of the season, he did have a grizzly, uh, someone from the Grizzlies as the winner of a major award. And so we'll talk to, uh, to Chris about that and more. Um, and of course, uh, we play writer than right trivia on Thursdays. Uh, I was just talking to Fishman and he said he is, he is unaccountably, he always looks forward. He finds it almost ridiculous how much he looks forward to trivia. Uh, he likes a few things. Um, he likes the uh, few. He likes that everybody who who listens and participates that there's a free question, so that if you go and play trivia into any of Kevin Cerrito's many appearances around town, you'll get a you'll Correct. get a question that was here used on the. He thinks that's a nice little thing, but what he also likes is the fact that you win every week. Mm-hmm. He finds it sort of remarkable. Indeed, not that he underestimates you, but like it's fairly astounding that you win every week. You don't win like 70-30, 60-40. You win 98% of the time. And you know what? I actually, you know what I like, Jeff? I don't like my record because in the no. end, it, we're only as good as we are today. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's exactly right. I just like how, for the most part, you know, we get, we get people to play honorably. People have and honestly. Been, I think they know that they don't, they don't actually have to beat you. They just have to not, we just have to hear them not tapping not away Not Googling or not asking someone in the background. Yes. Or whispering or whatever else. Uh, and, uh. So we'll be playing Writer Than Right Trivia. What is the prize today? Jeff, we got a double wrestling prize. We've got four tickets to AEW Collision on Saturday night at FedEx Forum, as well as passes to 901 Wrestling on Saturday as well. Well, there you go. It's a wrestling extravaganza here on a Thursday morning on the Jeff Cockin Show. But in addition to those regular features, in addition to those regular features, Writer Than Right Trivia and and Chris Harrington straight up at 10 o'clock, um, we also have Chad Brown is going to join us. Chad Brown is he's doing the Alabama-Tennessee game. Indeed. He is a color commentator for the uh, Alabama-Tennessee game, and he'll be in the booth. And so we'll talk to him about that. But uh, other things as well, including he's a, uh, of course, he's a former Colorado Buffalo. Indeed. Do you know his opinion? I, I, I imagine his opinion is is approving of Deion Sanders. It- if you heard him talk about it, if you're a Colorado person and you're not happy, something you know what I mean. Like all the, all this, wrong. Yeah. All of a sudden, Colorado football is more relevant than it's probably been. Honestly, what 
25, 30 years. Yeah, so we'll talk to, to him about that. About the, He's also a former Steeler. Less relevant than it has been uh, in years. Also, by the way, a former New England Patriot. Bingo. Bingo? I'd like to know what his opinion is. <laughs> I mean, when you lose Teddy Bruschi. What did Teddy say? Teddy basically said, I hope they can win a few games so that Belichick can, like, leave act, honorably. Like, honorably leave. Teddy Bruschi's like Mr. Belichick. So, Chad Brown, he's going to join us in the very next segment. We'll talk to Chad Brown in the next segment. So that's the lineup. Chad Brown, then Chris Harrington, then Ryder, then Ride Trivia, where we have a wrestling extravaganza as a prize. Um, do want to get to a bunch of things before uh, then. Did you see Burt Young died? I did not. Burt Young, Sorry do you know who Burt Young is? Do you know who I do he not. is? <laughs> that's, 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 I like the way you played it well. Mm-hmm. With the first question, he is Pauly in... Uh, in Rocky, ah. he is Adrian's brother. Yeah, right. Paulie, Paulie, and uh, Paulie, and has the like the perfect face. Yes, like a, for uh, for being a tough guy. Yeah, I was right? say for a boxing movie that's set in Philadelphia. I, I I really do enjoy, and not because I I wish anyone, I wish anyone, uh, you know, to head on out, but I enjoy reading obituaries. So Bert Young. Um, he grew up in New York, somewhere in New York, and he, uh, he was like in the Marines at 16. They lied on his whatever kind of thing. And then he was a fighter for Customato, the legendary trainer, like Mike Tyson's trainer. And, um, and then so often, so often the answer to so many questions is often a woman. Like I ask people routinely, so how'd you end up in Memphis if you're if you're not from here? Yeah, and the answer often is my wife's from here. A woman, like or whatever, if, or, or if if it's a if it's it, it's a partner, it's some romantic thing that got you here. It could be FedEx, could be St. Jude, could be whatever, but it's often a romantic thing. Well, what Bert, where Bert Young was infatuated with some woman, and she wanted to meet uh, a legendary method acting coach whose name escapes me, and so he's like, well. The best way to, well, put it nicely, woo her is to set up a meeting with uh, the legendary acting coach. He sets up a meeting with the legendary acting coach. He says, you know what? This seems like it could be fun. He becomes an actor and had a very distinguished career. In fact, for the first Rocky movie, which was a sleeper hit, like it became a massive hit, but was not supposed to be. No one knew Sylvester Stallone. It was a passion right? project. Yeah. And 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 Burt Young got paid more than anyone else to be in that movie, even though he was Adrian's brother, because he was the most established right. actor. Rocky got down on his knees and Stallone. Stallone to beg him to please, please, please take the role. That's how he got the role. Anyway, so he he died. I saw that. Uh, but uh, we we do have a lot to talk about, including um, I don't know if the if the John Morant story it didn't break during the show break it didn't was it, it, it was released before we got before it. we yeah. got it and then we talked about it yesterday and so I'm not going to go over that that the whole story again we did that ad nauseum yesterday I do want to talk about the fallout just a little bit a, a couple of things that happened since one is as you. Uh, correctly pointed out yesterday, and we talked about it with Chris too, the most important thing here in the story wasn't really the story or anything in the story. It was how John ja might react to the story. And the, the you and here in particular, you pointed out, it's Ja's reaction to the team. Would Ja see this as some evidence that the team had betrayed him. Organization, I would think. I would, yes, the yeah. organization had betrayed him, particularly because of the use of, quote-unquote, team sources. Um, and so had this, did this story in any way, uh, and if, if so, listen, one of, the, one of the dynamics, the central dynamics to the Ja thing all along has been once he becomes a megastar and you are a small market franchise, you realize... You're just kind of lucky to have him. 
And so therefore it makes discipline tricky. It makes like it, it, it helps underline the dynamic of this whole thing. But the truth of the matter is, is if Joe wakes up one morning and decides to tell Shams or someone, uh, you know, I want to leave Memphis. And then there's a tweet and then it's like, you know, there yep, we are. It's on. Right. And so it is just true. You do want him to be happy here. And um, you you want him to be his best self. You want him to not act like an you know, do silly things you want him to, but you also do in the end want him to be happy here. And so I think part of the natural concern about that story for people reading it, and honestly, probably even within the organization was, my God, I hope Jod doesn't see this and see some evidence of betrayal by the franchise. In particular, the quote about his dad um, T. Morant, the quote was, I don't have it right here in front of me. The quote was something like, you know, he's, he didn't make the NBA himself and now he's living vicariously and whatever else is honestly not that much of a shocker of a quote, but for it to come from a team source, Bingo. Jock could interpret that as being my God, they're going after my dad, screw them. And T could, you know, like that. And so, um, I thought what was telling was the Grizzlies going out of their way in practice, after practice, to say they have Jaws back 100%. And Taylor Jenkins going out of his way to say to say it not only publicly, but to say that he had had a conversation with Ja to tell him we are behind him 100%. Um, a lot of times what the Grizzlies would do in response to a story that they don't find particularly uh, helpful is they would just ignore the story. Yep. They'd say, yeah, I'm not commenting on that. And instead, what they did was they said, we have Ja's back 100%, and we told Ja we have his back 100%. Now, it's pretty obvious, um, and Ja and anyone else should understand, that whoever the team source was, the team source wasn't Taylor Jenkins and wasn't Zach Lyman, because for other reasons, the team source was ripping the organization. Right, the team source was quoted as saying there was basically no discipline, and they were enabling him. And so, therefore, you know, the team source wasn't anyone who was running the show for the organization. Indeed, it could well have been someone who's no longer with the organization, or someone who's marginally on the outskirts of the organization, or whatever. You don't know what team source is, but I guarantee you, the team source, because they were ripping the Grizzlies, was not someone of great significance within the Grizzlies. Exactly. Um, so, but still they went out of their way to, uh, to, to, to talk about how much they backed Ja Morant and then, um, and then Ja, and I wrote a column on all of this and it, towards the end of it, uh, towards the end of the day, as I was, uh, as I was getting ready to publish the column, we saw Ja's, uh, updated tweet and tweet post, whatever you want to call it. And it was, storm don't bother us, too many umbrellas. How about that? Storm don't bother us. Did he use an um, um, umbrella and emoji? An umbrella or? emoji. No, he said too many umbrellas, and then he added okay, an so umbrella he, he, emoji. He, he doubled down on okay. the umbrellas. In fact, the truth of the matter is, what we, what we have here is we are missing... We went through the promo schedule, like the, the last week. We talked about the Steve Adams slides and the yep. Desmond Bain mini hoop. We really do need John Moran umbrellas. Well, the problem wouldn't is wouldn't that we, be great? But if like we're going through all of like John Morant's like uh, emojis that could be mm -hmm. promotionals, like we could be a lot. Like you we want need, the little do, Zen dude? Like maybe maybe little, little Zen. Guy? I know that Chandler Parsons yoga mat wasn't particularly <laughs> a, a hit, but maybe we can rebrand that, <laughs> that as a John ja Morant the worst ever yoga mat. You the know yoga what I mean? mat. Um, so we could have a yoga mat, but I like this umbrella, the John Moran. You could have little John Moran faces all over the umbrella. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I think probably hard to get 5,000 reasonably priced umbrellas. First 5,000, get a John Moran umbrella. But if we were worried about his mind uh, set and, and uh, you know, the, the state of it, what, what he was thinking, that was at least a hopeful tweet because that's what you do want you want him to be thinking not just generally speaking to be in a good place and to be not phased by some story i by the way like this got so bad yesterday afternoon that i literally had people asking me 
was this the league ordering this up story to try to create a schism between oh John Moran oh boy. and the Grizzlies? Was this an intentional is this was this I a lot of people sort of say, I see what they're doing. They're trying to drive a wedge between Ja and the Grizzlies. And the answer that's no. That's just not how reporters think. It's not how Baxter Holmes thinks. It's not how Tim McMahon thinks. Here's what happens. You think there's a good story. Like John Moran is one of the big biggest superstars in the league. Um, and, uh, and, and yes, th- there are certainly other athletes in the NBA who've done worse. There's been very two prominent, two prominent examples of domestic abuse that are centrally central to the N- N- NBA storyline right now, but they're by players who don't matter and don't matter nearly to the way that John, John Morant matters. And so the, you know, the Washington post came here for God's sakes you know, the Washington Post was here for I don't know how long, but they were here for a long time. ESPN's here. Like, when you are a star of that stature, and they obviously thought there was more to the story, stuff they could find, whatever else. Now, the truth of the matter is they didn't find any major new revelation. And that's kind of a relief, should be a relief to everybody. But they didn't write it to create a schism between the that, – that, there's just not that kind of an agenda. Here's their agenda. What story can we write and what can we find? What reporting can we do that will create a compelling story that, yes, you can say people will click on, but the people will want to read. The people will read. And by the way. And it seems like that was pretty well read yesterday. There is nothing dishonorable about wanting to write stories that people want to read. If it's based on, like, there's there's a fine line between clickbait and writing stories that people want to read that will interest people right that that are and yeah. and and to me clickbait is is it slideshow is it cheap is it cheap is it offering something in the headline that isn't delivered in the story is it like that is clickbait but if you want to write about something that is that people that people will read that's it's part of the goal you know like um so i i don't think they had an agenda at all and honestly, the only part of the, about the story that I would that made me squeamish was the the anonymous business people. Someone pointed out today that literally one of the very few people who had their name in the story quoted with their name on it was me mm-hmm. with my silly Elvis quote. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, that was the fallout yesterday, and it seems like we can move on. You think? Yeah. I mean, what else is there to add? Yeah. Um, oh well, here's one thing to add. Okay. Given my silly Elvis quote, mm. which was uh, uh, the biggest star since Elvis, right? That's that's the quote. Uh, the Daily Memphian took it upon themselves to investigate this and to ask people. And even, it wasn't a Jeff Gawkins show poll, but it was a Daily Memphian poll to ask the question, who is the biggest star since Elvis? And is that a correct statement? Is John Morant the biggest star since Elvis? And here... They, 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 they must have a program that allows them over the Daily Memphian to have more than four candidates. Mm-hmm. So here's who they offered up. Okay. Aretha Franklin. I, I think we all She's not a Memphian. We, keep, we, claim- we, we just can't. No. She's not ours. She was born here. She's not ours. You don't get Aretha Franklin. I, I'm with you. Sybil Shepard. We can at least... Honorably claim. We can her. claim her, but she is not a bigger star than Elvis uh, than John Morant. She's just not. There's Isaac, only one. There's only Isaac, one that's even Isaac I Hayes. Of. Again, I think he was an incredible talent, but he was not a bigger star. We're talking about level of celebrity. Correct. That's what we're talking about. Fame. Level of celebrity and fame. Kathy Bates is on their poll. Come on, seriously. Again, incredible Stop. talent. Yeah, we're not talking about talents here. We're talking about uh, level of fame. And so then there's two who you could consider. I think there's only one. Well, the two who are the other, the two who are leading this poll, and in fact, both are ahead of John Morant, Justin Timberlake and Penny Hardaway. And I think Timberlake is in a different stratosphere than Penny. Okay, but let's just take Penny for a minute. Okay. Penny at his zenith was as big a star as John Morant. Yes. Right? Yeah. I think he was. Yeah. 
I mean, Little Penny, Duncan, yes. second I year think you in could the NBA. Penny the argument was the same. Now, now, in a way, celebrity wasn't as big when Penny was a celebrity. Sure. So, in that way, Ja is bigger. But I think Penny. Now, was Penny ours? He was playing in Orlando. Like when yeah, when, I mean, when Penny was as big a star, he was not. A, that's the difference. Yeah, but like that's where he worked. I know, but does South Carolina say he's the biggest, Jaws the biggest star since whatever? He grew up in South Carolina. That's like us. That He works like, what's the name of his, his hometown? Is Columbia South? Don Zeal. Don, Don Zeal, whatever it yeah. is. Like, do they get to say, oh, yeah, John Morant's no, no, they, our biggest they, star since? They he's cl- not there. Penny well, wasn't here. He was in Orlando. Yeah, but he was coming back. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I think that, I do think it makes a difference. Like, we think because Penny played ba- – Penny was not a bigger star when he was a basketball player, when he was a college basketball player, was not a bigger star than John ja Morant is now. Yes, agreed. He became a bigger star when he was a, basket- when a basketball when player. Rock, when he when was Chris Rock impersonated. When he was in Orlando. And, yes, he was ours from afar. I still don't but think he wasn't either, here. I, mean, I think the reality is neither is bigger than Timberlake. But you could also make the argument, you know. I guess you can make the argument about Timberlake is he ours. He like he wasn't knocking around town much. He is around town some, and he used to be a little more. So you think the answer is Timberlake is yes. the biggest star since Elvis? Yes. Now he doesn't feel like he's ours at all, does he? No. Feels I mean, like he grew up here. Yeah, he's from here. It, it much more in a, it, and it obviously formed here in a way that. Aretha Franklin was not like you get to claim Timberlake in a way. Aretha, he, he was a Memphian. Yes. All right, I, I don't know where to, you can find that poll if it's still up. Probably if you go to daily the Daily Memphian uh, Twitter slash X thing. But there you go. So not only was my quote silly, it was erroneous. Erroneous on all counts. Ah, what a loser! Um, all right, there you go. Anything else you want to say about the? Uh, about the Memphis Grizzlies before I move on, a couple, a few other things. Uh, real quick, um, these are these are these are these are quick hitters that I wanted to get to, um, that we didn't get to yesterday. One is, a uh, game day baseball is closing. Game day baseball is that massive the, the site. park, yeah, in oh, boy, Cordova. Umpired many games there. Is that like a like? Don Wade did the story in the Daily Memphian today. There's a lot of people who went through there playing games, right? Oh yeah. No, I mean basically, I mean heck, my uh my regional tournament senior year was there. So like, I mean basically anyone probably 35 or younger that played baseball has probably played there multiple times. I gather it has fallen behind. Like there's so yeah. there's a I lot mean, there's, of newer yeah. places that people play yeah. and it's but according to the letter they sent out. And unlike other places, it was confined to like there wasn't room for expansion cuz they, right. they, they took right the old there. was yeah. Not bogeys. What was it? Yeah, it was bogeys. Yeah, right? it was bogeys. Yeah, and so like there wasn't a ton of room to expand and whatnot. Uh, also in baseball, uh, Astros do what they do. They won in Texas. Uh, Max Scherzer. Uh, I mean, you got to run him out there. It had been thirty-six days. Yeah, though. you had to. You had to at least see if you could get something. It's not. He's like, going to need to pitch again if they're going to win the World Series. He will pitch again. It's not like the Rangers are just sitting on a stockpile of pitching, right? Uh, and he had plenty of velocity. First pitch was 95, sure. uh, but slider was not working. Gives up uh, five runs in four innings, and the Astros win. You know, given that, I still thought Texas was plucky. Like it, you no, know, they fought. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're formerly on the Texas bandwagon. For sure. So, um, so that happened yesterday. Um, Javon Quinterly got astray from Nate Oates. Oh, boy. Did you see this? He said it's good. It's going to be great. There's something about Stray and Nate Oates in there. Uh, I'm sorry. You're right. That was bad. That was bad. Um, You're just in the wrong place, wrong time. um, What he said was, what he said was, um, he was, it's good to have a point guard who you don't have to beg to, here's the exact quote. It'll be great for the team when you, quote, don't have to beg your point guard to bring effort every day. I will say, what do, you, what, what do you think about that? He then went on. He said, oh, that was no disrespect. Clarified. No disrespect 
to uh, to Javon Quinterly. We did great things with Quinterly. It was just my way of praising his current point guard, which is nonsense. That when you say you don't have to beg your point guard to bring effort every day, that is a shot at Javon Quinterly. Yeah, uh, I would also add this: like, a yes, there was clearly a shot at him. I do think there are legitimate concerns about Quinterly's love of basketball. Because he's just good at basketball. He's Correct. one of these players who's – Correct. Do you need him? It is funny. Like, Kendrick Davis, you had never had any doubt. Like, exactly. What, what that dude did was he loved basketball. Yes. He loved that. He was a killer. DeAndre, same thing. Yeah, I think so too. Um, um, it was an interesting shot, and I had not heard that of, about him previously, but you obviously had. Uh, you separately had – a interesting story by Parth Apadhyay for the Daily Memphian who sat down with Penny for an exclusive where he uh, just talked about the season, his, 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 his time in Memphis, all of this. And he did bring up this issue of balancing egos. The quote, that's what's dangerous about getting a lot of really good players. There can be the danger zone of it. Everybody on the team thinking they're the man. You can't win a national championship with everybody on the team thinking that. Everybody's got to have confidence, but everybody's got to know there is a leader and a guy or guys that we have to go through. He then went on to say that uh, they have one or two players haven't yet separated themselves from the pack to emerge as clear on and off court leaders. It's your number one concern, isn't it? I think so, right? I mean, isn't the number one concern always pecking order? Rotation. With Penny, it's pecking order yeah. rotation. It's figuring that out. All right. Uh, Roger Goodell, as we mentioned briefly. Got to lock him up. Got to. <laughs> uh, you can't for, let that guy get leaks, on the market. You can't get yeah. the NHL, get him. Yeah. Um, in fairness, like, here's the truth. The, N- the NFL in 2010 brought in $8 billion in revenue. Now they bring in $21 billion in revenue. Mm-hmm. That's why Roger Goodell is, who's 64, that's why he's uh, signed up for another three years. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the thing that I took th- from it was Jerry Jones got his way because Jerry was hammering that he should be essentially paid like a commission-based salesman. Oh. And so, uh, like, a big part of this is going to be like, he's basically going to get a cut of the TV deal. Incredible. Uh, also in the NFL, a couple things. Uh, Nicole Hardiman, back to the Chiefs from the Jets. What is that going to – That's your breaking news to me. Really? Yes, sorry, that's true. I mean, I actually, but it does suggest that the Chiefs. It it underlines the Chiefs' issues at receiver. Agreed. But what if the Chiefs are the new version of like the mid early to mid two thousands Patriots, where Brady just had Brady was just throwing to literally right. like replace. But do we think they are now? Like, do we think that? Have you watched them on I, offense? No, that's what I'm saying. Is it, is it crushing them? Is it? Is it? They have not been as good on offense. Yeah, but they're five and one. Weirdly enough, a lot of that's because their defense has been better this year. Uh, that, I think right. that's that's my that's, biggest deal. Your deal. I think that they have, they've improved. I think what they're clearly saying right now is, we have to have a good defense, and then we'll let Mahomes go be Mahomes. And I think and that will it, be enough. Correct. It won't be explosive. Correct. But it will be enough. And at some point, will it, it be enough to? <laughs> at some point, they're going to figure it out. Will it be enough to keep up with the Dolphins? Mike McDaniel yesterday was, has a great had a great quote. He was asked. <laughs> Sometimes I listen to these press conferences. Okay, all the time I listen to these press conferences, and the questioners are so freaking long winded. Mm-hmm. Like, get your damn question out. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. They want to give their opinion. They want to give their theory. They want to. Uh, what do you think of that? Look how like, much I know. Uh, it's just insane. But anyway, this particular questioner asked, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that that a lot of quarterbacks could do with with you uh, as the play caller and with uh, these weapons and with whatever. Um, and I'm asking it much more quickly than the questioner did. Could any quarterback do what Tua is doing? And the answer from the head coach was, who the F cares? He literally said, who the F cares? Yeah. What a great answer. I wish he – I mean, I I love him as a coach. Yeah. I mean, I think he's – of the of the actual, like – Despite the Sh- Yale thing. Yeah, no, of the of the Shanahan disciples, he's the one I believe in the most. Uh, Sean McVay, uh, who's expecting a kid. Yeah, it turns out he's not good at managing the clock yet again. 
He said, I'm not going to miss a game. My son knows better than to come first, during a game. First off, speaking of that, um, every football coach knows you do not get your wife pregnant right. during the season. During the season. Well, not so, so that— Just a so lack of attention so the, to detail, so kid, Jeff. It is a lack of attention to detail. And Julio Jones, back to the Eagles. We didn't mention that yesterday. I mean, to the Eagles. Uh, signs a one-year deal. Uh, the practice squad. Isn't it weird? I mean, that's now why, why? I, I mean, I, I think they would have done this, but it's, it used to be like if you hit a certain year, years of service, you couldn't be practice eligible, practice squad eligible. They've changed. Yes. No, they've so, changed the practice squad rules. Uh, this, but is it weird that a literally like hall a of fame level receiver wants to go on a practice squad? Well, I mean, it's a tryout. I don't think it's weird in that sense that he's trying to play. I mean, he's kind of, this feels like the new, he does. It's ring chasing. He's ring chasing. Yeah. And his best friend plays, uh, yeah. his best friend plays for the team. All right. Chad Brown coming up next. Then right, uh, then Chris Harrington, then Ryder, then Ryder. We got a busy day today. Before that, I'll tell you, uh, we got a game tonight between the Jags and the Saints and all customers right now get a no sweat same game parlay uh, for Thursday night football uh, over at FanDuel. All you got to do, you listen, if it's, if you're a new customer or an existing customer, you uh, put together a uh, three-leg same-game parlay, and if you do not win, you will get bonus bets back. You can use your own same-game parlay, or you can use one of the popular pre-built ones that they have over at FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Just got to go to FanDuel.com slash Calkins, C-A-L-K-I-N-S, so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Older and present Tennessee, refund issues, non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund, five bucks unless otherwise specified restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem, call Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789. Chad Brown uh, coming up next, then Chris Harrington, then writer, then write trivia. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm PJ Glasser with Beck QL. Game of the week in college football is number seven Penn State at number three Ohio State. James Franklin is one and eight versus Ohio State, never winning in Columbus. But this is the year that might change. The Nittany Lions have had three weeks to prep for this game. They had a bye week, played UMass, and now get Ohio State. If not now, when for Penn State? Take them plus 155 to get the win in the horseshoe. I'm PJ Glasser. Bet smarter and beat the books with Beck QL and download the BetMGM app today. Thursday night football is on, and it's only on Prime. Tonight, it's a big game in the Big Easy with Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars take on Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints. Not a Prime member? Sign up for a 30-day free trial to stream the game. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern with TNF Tonight, presented by Verizon, live from New Orleans. It's the Jaguars and the Saints tonight on Thursday night football, and it's on Prime. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime. Let's head out. The theater's about to close. Wait, what does that sign say? Warning, watch your step. No, next to it. If you are 60 or older, you may be at increased risk of serious consequences from RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, compared to adults younger than 60. Hmm, I didn't know that. Not all dangers come with warning labels. Talk to your pharmacist or doctor about getting vaccinated against RSV today. RSV vaccines, including Pfizer's, are available. Learn more at bewareofrsv.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. A psoriasis flare-up can make a walk in the park, well, no walk in the park. It's that obvious, huh? I've tried so many lotions and creams, but I still have symptoms. So those don't do enough to treat the inflammation beneath the skin, leaving you with those uncontrolled symptoms. Makes sense, but what else can I do? You can get real with your dermatologist so they can help you get clear, make an appointment, and oh, you're already on it. Hi, yes, I'd like to make an appointment. Get real clear about psoriasis at letsgetrealclear.com. Sponsored by Affy. As a roofer, I don't have time to fail. Homeowners rely on me. So I rely on Beacon. Beacon's unique network of branches work together to get me what I need when I need it. Every branch working together. And with the Beacon Pro Plus app, I've got the brands I depend on, like Certainty Landmark Pro, right at my fingertips. And now through November, 
Purchase Certain Tea with Beacon Pro Plus, web or app, and earn up to $750. Beacon, always building. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. The Fool's Gold Giveaway is here at Southland, where you could win big cash. Join us on Fridays and Saturdays in October, where 10 winners are drawn every hour to win up to $5,000 cash. You can get one entry for every 23 points earned, plus five times the entries on Mondays. There's nothing foolish about the cash we're giving away, so come on down to Southland in October to go for the gold. Must be 21 plus. Play responsibly for help quitting. Call 800-522-4700. Bank of America is the proud employer of over 210,000 teammates who go above and beyond to support their clients' financial goals. Like Emily, who helps clients create a plan to build the future they want, like a wedding, having kids, or retirement. All real achievements her clients have shared photos of. For all your financial goals, we're here to listen and help. What would you like the power to do? Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash about. Bank of America NA, member FDIC, equal credit opportunity lender. Found the roof leak. Where? See those shingles? What do we do now? I pity the fool. You need the A-Team. What? A-Team Roofing in Collierville. One of only two diamond contractors in the Mid-South. They're a licensed general contractor, but also a licensed insurance adjuster. When it comes to insurance approval, the decision really is in the details. Well, yeah. Get your roof done right. Call the A-Team. 901-605-ROOF. I pity the fool that doesn't check out our online reviews. You okay? I'm A-OK. A-TeamRoofers.com. It's time to talk trash, Mid-South. This is Rick West with Waste Connections and Team Waste. Our Memphis and Collierville campuses are currently hiring CDL drivers, driver helpers, diesel mechanics, and PM techs. We offer competitive pay, great benefits, and at the end of each workday, you get to be home with your family. Our culture is built on taking care of each other and the communities we serve. Apply today at careers at wasteconnections.com and be a part of a great team. Connect your future with Waste Connections and Team Waste. Not sure if you've heard, but when the temperatures go low, Kohl's goes lower. No, seriously. They've got their lowest prices of the season right now. I just went and found my whole family cozy place for just $14.99. Boots for under $40. And an entire cookware set for under $70. Plus iron Kohl's cash. So hurry and get the cold weather stuff you need for the hottest prices. Select styles. Offers end October 22nd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. We're talking with Justin Wynn, the GM of Red River Ford Toyota in Wynn. Good morning, Justin. Hey, Dennis. It's good to be here. I'm glad to be on Memphis Radio. I tell you, we've got a lot of good things going on. For the last couple of years, you've seen dealers battle the shortage of new car inventory. You've seen prices on new cars going up. Well, those days are coming in. We've been able to build a supply of new car inventory sitting here on the lot. So you're actually able to come by, look at vehicles, drive vehicles, push the button, smell that new car smell. I've got Plenty of new Toyotas sitting here in stock. I've got new Fords sitting here in stock. I have access to over 700 quality pre-owned vehicles. So if you don't see something that's going to fit your needs and wants, please let us know. More than likely, we have that at one of our other locations. I'll deliver it straight to your driveway, just like I will with any vehicle purchase. There's no need to cross the river and come over, but you do need to give us a call. 870-238-7770. And of course, we're always open at redriverfordtoyota.com. 
Hey everybody, it's Boomer and eBay Motors has everything you need to keep your ride or die alive. From superchargers, brakes, exhaust kits, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When my daughter gets a cold, <coughs> I have a secret weapon. Dayquil Kids Berry from Vicks. Dayquil Kids is specially formulated to treat kids' most bothersome cold and cough symptoms quickly. And the best part is that Dayquil Kids Berry tastes really great. Aren't you supposed to be resting? Maybe. Dayquil Kids Berry. The kids' berrylicious daytime congestion, coughing, stuffy head, stuffy nose, just for kids. Medicine. Safe for kids six years plus. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Filipponi here bringing you the parlay of the day brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Thursday night football, Jaguars take on the Saints in New Orleans. Great promos and odd boosts available over on the FanDuel app. Go jump on those for this game. I like the Saints in this one. Trevor Lawrence has a gimpy knee injured late in last week's game against Indianapolis. I'm not sure how we'll look in this game. Like the Saints minus one and a half. That also gets me to the under in this game. It's only 39 and a half. Saints formula to win the game is to keep the opponents under 21 points. They've done that in five or six games. And I think Travis Etienne will go over his rushing total in this one because of the short week and the Lawrence injury situation. You put this three-leg parlay together, and it pays out around 6-1. to one. That's it for the parlay of the day. Brought to you by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel app today and make every moment more with America's number one sports book. 21 plus in President, Tennessee. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus best that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call TN Redline. 1-800-889-9789. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner, with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. All right, back on the Jeff Calkins Show, joined now by Chad Brown. Chad Brown, of course, you remember him as a... Uh Terrific linebacker, 15-year NFL veteran, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame's Class uh, Hall of Fame 2023 nominee. That's kind of exciting. Them, just to be nominated is, uh, and also, of course, was part of the Buffalo's, uh, Colorado Buffalo's first and only NCAA championship team back in 1990. That was the last time they were awesome. Uh, he does lots of media stuff, including uh, Denver Broncos analyst. You'll probably hear him on ESPN Radio. And uh, ESPN and Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA college football, which means he will be in the booth for the Tennessee-Alabama game uh, doing the national radio broadcast this weekend. Chad, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Um, How does it feel to be nominated for the NFL Hall of Fame? Oh, it is uh, amazing. Um, You know, when you think about... I first started playing football when I was six years old. Started playing tackle football when I was nine years old. And to go through that journey and all the people who helped me along the way become the player that I became, uh, I think that Hall of Fame nomination is really a tip of the cap to all those people who were instrumental in my football development. Um, so as you said earlier, it's a, and as they say at the Academy Awards, it's an honor just to be nominated. <laughs> so even if I never get a chance to, to wear a gold jacket, uh, to even be mentioned with the greatest to ever play the game, having gone to Canton and toured the Hall of Fame, I mean, it is hallowed football ground. It doesn't get any better than that. So to be, uh, again, just a small part of that conversation is incredibly touching. It's fulfilling. And, again, it, it gives validation to – all those nasty socks and jocks my mom watched, and all those times my dad drove me all across Southern California for Pop Warner games and all those pieces of the puzzle that allowed me to develop as a football player. So before I get to Alabama, Tennessee, it, it's interesting. Like looking over the, the, the arc of your career, um, you have had some remarkable experiences, including that Colorado team back when they were awesome, won a national championship, and then you really started with the Steelers. And it's interesting now to look at both of those teams and see where they are. One uh, uh, 
some remarkable highs this year and one uh, sort of trying to figure it out. Let's start with Colorado. As an alum, um, what do you make of what's going on there in Boulder? Uh, I, I think you can't help but be excited if you are a Colorado alumni or Colorado Buffalo football fan. Coach Pond has brought you know, relevance back to the program, a program that literally this time last year I was on radio and television saying, I'm not sure there's a Colorado Buffalo football program in five or ten years. That's how far they had fallen. It was clear you know, after Mel Tucker spent one year there that the ability for them to get a good coach if he turned out to be any good to to retain a good coach, was going to be incredibly difficult. Uh, with guys like Christian Gonzalez, you know, signing to become a Colorado Buffalo, leaving to go to Oregon to play for literally greener pastures as far as NIL dollars and greener pastures as far as success on the football field, turned himself into a first-round pick and goes to the yeah. New England Patriots. So any good player we had was going to get poached by somebody most likely within our same conference, the Pac-12, and they were going to be playing against the Buffaloes the next year that they showed any kind of promise for Colorado. So the, it just seemed to be in a downward death spiral, the program. And now for Coach Prime, obviously, the swagger, the confidence. So whether you love or hate Coach Prime, I think either way you're paying attention, as evidenced by the television numbers for the Colorado Buffaloes this year. And as he has said, you better get us while we're down, meaning this year is going to be probably the worst year from a talent perspective that the Buffaloes have. They'll be much better. Obviously, they've got some issues defensively. The offensive line is a major issue as well. So while there's some talent on the outside and they're finding ways to win some games, in some cases like last week, finding ways to lose games, they're part of the conversation. Um, I like to think they'll get to six wins and become bowl eligible, which would be an amazing turnaround after last year being a one-win team and literally being the least talented, and according to Sports Illustrated, the worst football team in America last year. With 88 new players, 68 new scholarship guys, Coach Prime has managed to get things going in the right direction in a very short period of time. All right, how about the Steelers? Are you surprised by their their struggles under Mike Tomlin? I am a bit surprised. Um, Now, obviously, they're 3-2. They found a way to win last week against Baltimore. Baltimore was making a mistake, and sometimes that uh, same – more games are lost than are won. I think the Baltimore lost that game rather than the Steelers winning that game. But for Mike Tomlin, you know, I don't think you put you apologize for your victory. For a guy who's been there for 16 seasons and never had a losing record, it looks like he's going to be able to pull that off yep. again. But to your point, they're very uneven. And the development of Kenny Pickett is still in a bit of an odd phase. You know, can he be the guy? Those kind of questions are still being asked. Uh, clearly there's some talent uh, around the, around that football team. Guys like T.J. Watt are literally all pros, Micah Fitzpatrick, guys like that. But then again, there's guys like um, Kenny Pickett who have yet to develop into what Steeler fans will be hopeful that he eventually becomes. It's interesting because, um, again, we're talking to Chad Brown. He'll be in the, in the booth uh, for Tennessee, Alabama uh, this uh, weekend. Um, just had a couple NFL questions first. It's interesting to watch that because obviously the Kenny Pickett, there were incredibly high hopes for him in the preseason, particularly this year. But when you look around, these great coaches, Mike Tomlin, um, Sean Payton, there you are in Denver, uh, and Bill Belichick, if they don't have great quarterbacks, how great? I don't mean to say how great. I don't want to disavow everything that they've accomplished, but. It is the like without it, you're dead, right? I mean, is it like I don't know? What do you make of like the Sean Payton and Bill Belichick right now? It's 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 interesting, and I think it's a fair question. Uh, having played for Bill Belichick, I considered him to be the greatest coach of all time. Um, I played for Bill Cowher. I played for Mike Holmgren. I played for Bill McCartney at, at Colorado, and all those were incredible coaches. But the things that Bill Belichick taught me as a football player, the small little ways to win, uh, the ability to clearly look around that team and recognize we're not as talented as the other teams we play, but we find a way to play a better brand of football. We do our jobs, you know, take a Bill Belichick phrase, and win games because of that. To see where they are at right now is just its difficult to, to accept. And I think if you listen to Teddy Bruschi on ESPN yeah. or any of the other Patriot guys who have a national media spotlight, um, yeah, they are torn because they all look at Bill the same way that I look at Bill. But looking at the results on the field, 
It's like, well, what would Bill Belichick do about Bill Belichick? This is a guy who released Richard Seymour a year before he was still, you know, while he was still in his prime. Lawyer Malloy, Randy Moss, all these players that Bill Belichick got rid of because they were underperforming despite, you know, having had success on the field for the Patriots, despite being, you know, in some cases an all-time player like Randy Moss. Bill Belichick always found a way to move on when the winning wasn't there. And so what would Bill Belichick do about Bill Belichick? He would move on. That's yeah. what he would do. It's always going to be about the team. It's always going to be about finding ways to win football games. So, uh, yeah, this year's performance, I-, I think, for Mr. Kraft and for Bill Belichick, they've got to have a serious conversation in the offseason. And the-, the goal going forward for Bill Belichick as an NFL football coach can't be beating Shula's all-time win records. It's got to be a return to the simpleness of do your job and let's just go out there and find a way to win. Not for me, but because we want to go out and win important football games because that's our goal as an organization. Uh, talking to Chad Brown on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, at ChadBrown94. All right, Tennessee, Alabama uh, this weekend. You'll be in the booth. It was wild last year. Um, is this year's game going to be just the opposite? I used to have two very different teams with two very different quarterbacks. Well, I mean, you talked about last year's game. That's, that game was, a, was an all-timer. Uh, 101 points scored, 52-49 to 49, uh, final score. Broke a 15-year losing streak for, for Tennessee. Uh, the 40-yard field goal walk-off. Um, yeah, I mean, going into, going into that, that game, you knew it was going to be a great game. Um, Hinton Hooker was playing well. Alabama was playing well. And to give us an all-timer, that was a treat. This year, to your point, I'm not sure if it's going to be exactly the opposite. If 101 points are scored on one side, I don't think it's going to be 10 points scored this year. They will put up some points, but it's certainly not going to be the same kind of offensive fireworks. Uh, Last year, Tennessee was leading the country in 30-yard-plus pass plays. This year, they're 96. So, yeah, the points will be scored, but the game won't be nearly as as high-flying. Joe Milton is not playing at the same level Hendon Hooker was. Uh, Hendon Hooker had some playmakers on the outside that Joe Milton is lacking. So, for Tennessee – and Joe Milton, they're still trying to round into form offensively. It's really their defense that, that leads the way this year. Guys like James Pierce with six sacks, six and a half sacks, 11 quarterback hits. Uh, Aaron Beasley, eight and a half TFLs, two sacks. Tyler Barron, five sacks, four quarterback hits. So they're being led by those kind of guys rather than an explosive offense like last year. So Jalen Milrow gets clobbered every single week. I mean, it may be built into their recipe, like I, uh, but he gets sat, you know, every single week. Can they protect him? Or honestly, do they, like, maybe their strategy is let's take some shots and uh, we don't care if he gets sacked five times a game. What, what can they, can Alabama, given that fierce Tennessee defense that you just rattled off, can they protect Jalen Milrow? Uh, no, I don't think they can. <laughs> I, I, I had the call uh, Alabama, Texas A&M, uh-huh. and Jalen Milrow was just punished that game. And so their ability to protect the quarterback, particularly in critical situations, they've got to find a win on first and second down to prevent the defense from pinning the ears back on third down. Once the defense pinned the ears back, there's so many holes up front for, for Alabama that someone's going to win a one-on-one. In some cases, um, two or three guys may win their one-on-one battles. But Jalen Milrow, to his credit, does a really good job of keeping his eyes down the field and doesn't get consumed with the pass rush. He gets sacked. He's uh, been sacked with 31 times. Well, they've been sacked uh, as a team 31 times. That's 126 in the country in the sack rate. So they're awful up front protecting the quarterback. But like I said, for Jalen Milrow, he keeps his eyes down the field. Uh, he was able to last couple of four, three or four games. They've developed in a bit of a, a deep passing game, some post routes, some deep crossing routes. They've got some explosive guys on the outside, like uh, Jermaine Bird and Isaiah Bond. So, uh, I, just like Tennessee's offense is starting to find its way, Alabama is starting to find their formula as well. And to your point, I think recognizing that this is the lay of the land, we can do all these things differently to try to eliminate some of these sacks. But if it's not really affecting our quarterback, Milrow's a 65% passer on the year. And again, he keeps his eyes down the field and doesn't get afraid of the pass rush then let's just keep doing what we do, and we'll try to find a way to fix this maybe in the offseason and spring ball. Uh, so to their point, maybe that is the formula. I don't love it as a formula, uh, but it's, it's allowed them to go out and win football games, and Milrow's beginning to progress even within that formula. 
it's it's been interesting to watch. Um, I guess you'd call it a down year for the SEC, and you would say that my gosh, look at the has the. I don't know, the balance of power, you wouldn't say, has shifted to the West, but the, the great quarterback play is in the West, right? It feels like certainly what we watched last week with Washington and Oregon. Um, so I guess what do you make of, of, of where Nick Saban is with Alabama? And just like, do you think he's going to win another national title before he heads off into the sunset? Uh, I, I think like Bill Belichick and Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are clearly – good friends and have yeah. coached and worked together. Uh, I, I think when you're in a down phase as a program, clearly the Patriots have been in down phase, down phase since Tom Brady left. Um, Alabama now this year and last year kind of in, in a bit of a down phase compared to their, their highest of highs. I think it's human nature to look at what can we, what can we pull off one more time. And for Bill Belichick, it's try to beat uh, Don Shula's all-time wins record. For Nick Saban, can I win one more? Uh, they don't have a Heisman Trophy winner under center after having so many of those guys. Uh, they don't have a, an all-time defense uh, as they've had in some of these years past. So I don't think Bill Belichick nor Nick Saban have forgotten the coach, how to coach. Uh, I think Nick Saban is still a little bit more dialed in than Bill Belichick appears to be currently. Uh, so I think it's within the realm of possibility. This is an odd year in, in college football. I, I think the, the COVID year, uh, some of the rule changes, uh, some of the approaches to practice and practice co- uh, padded contact and some of those things, some of the restrictions from the time, limitations, all those things are starting to catch up with not just college football but with NFL football as well. We see a lot of really strange play calls from people who should, who should know better. Situational understanding seems to be lacking with a lot of coaches. Uh, players don't seem to understand situational football so uh, I, I know the question was about Nick Saban and about Alabama, but I, I think we're looking at a, maybe a, a new phase of football where there's a bit of just sloppiness and uh, mistakes that maybe we hadn't seen you know, five or ten years before because of the changes to practice structures and practice schedules and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And for a coach who has, is as disciplined and as detailed as Nick Saban, Maybe he's got to refigure out how to win in this phase of football. Obviously, he was incredibly successful when he ran, when they were a defensive football team and they ran the ball and they were a pro-style offense. You know, and, and then they shifted into a new, more high-flying spread offense, despite Nick Saban saying how he was against up-tempo and spread and all those kind of things. He found a way to win in that era of football. So I don't ever want to doubt Nick Saban. Maybe he'll find a way to win in this era where transfers are happening. You get kids for maybe a year or two, so they never really become dialed into your detailed program and all the ways you want them to be. You've got to figure out a way to maximize them in a very quick and short period of time. You've got to simplify things, dumb things down a bit. So uh, I don't want to think Nick Saban can't pull that off because he's pulled it off before in different phases and eras of college football. Talking to Chad Brown, of course, uh, 15-year NFL veteran. He'll be on the call, uh, Tennessee, Alabama, this week. By the way, Chad, um, someone asked me to ask you this. Do you, you, you still have the reptile company. You still ship reptiles, right? It's ship your reptiles, and I don't know if you still have a large collection of reptiles, but you still, you still do ship the reptiles, right? Yes. Uh, yes, I do. I had a reptile breeding company called Pro Exotics Reptiles, uh, we were one of the nation's largest breeders uh, of reptiles and produced several thousand babies every single year, sold them all over the globe. Unfortunately, I had a it's fire, fire. Uh, about uh, 10, 12 years ago and lost most of the collection in fire. I've since transitioned into Ship Your Reptiles, which is the, the nation's leader in live reptile shipping. We ship animals for private hobbyists, for small businesses, for zoos and institutions, and we even help out like the military mom who needs to ship little Timmy's turtle in Tennessee to Texas. <laughs> so we do all those things and service everybody in between, but we also do business as shipper aquatics for folks who are shipping koi and fish and uh, corals and aquatic plants, and we help out a few uh, big public aquariums as well. Ship your inverts for people who are into bugs, and we recently just launched Ship Your Floor for people who need to ship plants around the country, whether they're uh, uh, somebody who's into weird and odd cactuses and those have to be ordered online. You can't get those at your local nursery. Folks who are at the very cutting edge of orchids or the rose hobby, 
we help those folks out as well. That's incredible. Now, I ask this advisedly. I used to be a lawyer, and they used to tell me when you're a lawyer, you should never ask the question that you, to which you don't know the answer, particularly if they're on the witness stand. Don't ask them because the answer could. So I ask you this question. As someone who does radio and uh, media here in Memphis, the home of FedEx, how do you ship your reptiles? Uh, well, we are contracted with FedEx. Oh, that's FedEx. a winner. That's a champion. That's good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. FedEx does an amazing job at what they do, which is get a package, you know, somewhere by ten thirty the next morning. And most of those items I mentioned, as part of my, you know, my shipping niches, uh-huh. have a perishable component to them. There's a time-sensitive component. There's a temperature-sensitive component. And so FedEx is incredibly good at what they do. Uh, we sell all the specialized packaging and give the, our customers expertise and know-how when to use a cold pack, when to use a heat pack. When's the best time to ship? When shouldn't you ship? When there's, you know, slowdowns at the Memphis hub and folks should wait a day to ship. So we give them all that expertise and advice. Uh, we just look for FedEx to do exactly what they do. Move my package efficiently through the system, get it where it's supposed to be on time. And if that is the case, then, uh, you know, it's, it's a 99.9% survival rate with animals and 